The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? I'm The Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this This is Common Common Debauchery. Common Debauchery may contain mature subject matter and is intended for adult audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Calm Debauchery. I am the Nightmare. Joining me, Rotten Jack. Hey, buddy. Hi. So, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I'm gonna. I'm on a weird Cody Rhodes kick today. If yeah, you, I saw if, your your thing. Yeah, adrenaline <laughs> in my soul. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Nobody knows the fucking lyrics. Yeah. Like throughout my entire day, I was walking around the house singing that to myself, like, you know, adrenaline in my soul, like, oh, hey, look, there's Cody Rhodes. Like, <laughs> it could be anything, but it's uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I've been been on that kick, been having a good time with it. I'm on my gym game, posting gym selfies every day. Yeah. It's rather annoying. I don't give a fuck. So is your mustache. So is you with <laughs> fucking hair. No, my hair's only annoying to you because you have to help me with it. Yeah. Which I'm not doing anymore. Until you get a like, I'm I'm serious. Like when you get a new piece, I'll cut it. Yeah, but you need you got to glue that bitch down yeah, yourself. Glue though. it, gluing it down, everything's fine. I need help with the fading and shit. Yeah. Well, when that comes around, book an appointment. I can't. You're not going to be doing that much longer. Well, I got about a year. Oh, okay, fair. <sighs> a little less than a year. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, RJ's got some got some changes planned. Got some things working. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of, I believe, I believe this to be the case where this is probably what stemmed your topic idea. Yeah. Yeah. So the top of, I mean, I'm going to let you you bring it up. Like, like I, you're, you're not joining me once again. Like, you're a co-host of the show. Right. It's your topic. Intro, bro. Like, I don't know, just like tough decisions. Like, knowing like when you you need to move on and, you know. Start something new for whatever the reason may be. We're going to call this the Owen Hart episode. Because in the words of the late, great Owen Hart, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. Yeah. So, what is the most recent tough decision that you've ever made? And if you if it's not the current one that we were referencing, because you don't want to put that out there quite yet, you can forego that one. What is the what is the most recent? I don't know. We can talk about it because I'm sure. pretty sure like nobody that I work with listens to this shit. So. Fair enough. Uh, and if they do, then if they find out, they find out. But um, I'm getting out of the barber business eventually. Fair like, enough. Like pun intended, cutting ain't cutting it anymore. I I really really hope that's the last time I have to hear you make that awful joke. Well, listen, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like I've been, I've been at it for four years. My schedule is fully booked out like weeks on end. Right. And I'm still struggling. Like there's really no way for me to make any more money. Right. Than what I'm currently making. Aside from potentially like either leaving the shop you're currently at, which would then take a hit to your clientele because I'm sure some of the clientele are solely based on the Mm -hmm. location so on and so forth. Or like either renting a chair where you pay rent and charge what you charge or opening your own thing, right. and, you know, or potentially doing shit on the side, off right. the books, whatever. But and, and that's tough. It's tough to make a living that way. Um, but I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna go learn some electrical shit, and uh, you know, go go make a shit ton of money doing that because there's a massive um, shortage of tradesmen, whether it be like electricians or HVAC. Or, you know, plumbers, whatever, whatever you want to, any kind of tradesman, there's a massive shortage of them. And, uh, you know, the, the pay scale for electricians is just what I've pretty much looked into. It's, um, I could be pushing six figures within four to five years. Right. And really that's, I mean, so, so really tough decision, I'm sure, because I'm sure to some, like you, you, you took the time you did the. Yeah. You know, the barbering courses and the I, schooling. I love, and, I love the barbering. I love cutting hair. I love my clients. But at the end of the day, like, I'm struggling. Like, I'm quite, like I'm 32 years old. I am sick and tired of playing the what bill is going to get paid this month. 
Yeah. Like, or which, what, what am I what, not paying this month? Yeah. Like what, what am I covering with this paycheck so I can still like eat food and pay right. my rent? Yeah. You know, get me, you know, make sure my cat has food, shit like that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I get that, man. Like, so you're, you're telling me that, you know, four to five years down the road, I'm potentially pushing 70, 80, almost a hundred K take home. Hard to argue with. It's very hard to argue with. So, yeah, you know, and I've I've made a few tough decisions like this in my day. Um, I can tell you the the toughest decision. Uh, do we want to save the toughest decision for later? Like, do we want to like end the show with our our toughest? <laughs> we don't necessarily need to. Okay, so the toughest decision I ever made, and I, I and this is going to resonate a little bit with you, I think, because you're in the same situation that I was. Maybe not to the same extent. Um, on one end of it, but the toughest decision I ever made was when I was working full time as a baseball guy, right? So I was working at an indoor baseball facility. I was running, I was running the, the I was the facility manager, right? So I ran the place. Mm-hmm. Like the only person above me was the dude who owned the fucker. Then I was coaching in the summer. I was doing ground screw in the summer. So all summer long, like I'm out on ball diamonds from like seven seven thirty in the morning. I'm cutting grass. I'm dragging, chalking. Like the shitty days were the days that it rained. The great days were when it hadn't rained in three weeks. And your biggest concern is watering the mounds and the plate to you know to, to try to fix right. the holes. You know, and like and just upkeep on things. Cutting grass, dude. I would cut grass for a living in a fucking heartbeat. Right. Like, Especially you get on one of the fucking zero turns. Park toss on a pair of headphones oh. and just fucking go. In in the words of Shorzy, hell yeah, fuck yeah. Like, I would do that in a heartbeat. Tough to make a living that way unless you're the guy at the top. Right. Like, but yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I loved it. I loved every second about coaching baseball, training ball players, you know, working with athletes all day. When I wasn't, I was because I was doing grounds crew and doing facility work and, like, you know, wasn't hitting as many infields, but was still around, like, working with the players, talking to the parents, like, and being part of, like, something that I loved. And if you don't, if you know anything about the nightmare, baseball is in my soul and then i was living that dream for about thirty-five thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. which when you're a college kid that's decent money when yeah. you're just out of college it's not so bad tough to pay rent yeah. even back then even back in 2010 2011 not the easiest way to pay rent but that's what you have friends for right so i uh you know and that's where how you end up with roommates and about it was either late 2011 or early 2012. I got a letter in the mail from day camp. And for those who don't know, uh, I went to school for criminal justice. I wanted to go into law enforcement for the longest time. And day camp is a very not so veiled reference to the fact that I worked as a corrections officer. Uh, I got a letter from the local county sheriff's department saying, you know, you've been your numbers up. Do you want? Do you want a job? Yeah. And it basically said, like, you know, they all say this. So, like, this wasn't a canvas letter. Canvas letters are like, are you still interested in keeping your name on the list? This is not an offer for a job. Like, this was a you've been selected. Uh, the do you job, want it? Yes or no? Like, do you want it? There's an inter- like, there is an interview process. Don't quit your current job, but type thing. Mm-hmm. And I selected yes. I was like, I, you know, I hemmed and hawed about it. Never, ever, ever in my life wanted to get into corrections. Like, I learned about it in school. We visited a couple, like, a a, a county jail and a state prison. Had no interest. Mm -hmm. None. It just wasn't what I wanted to do in the field. And after some conversations with Mama and Papa Nightmare and, you know, everything else, we talked about it, and I hemmed and hawed over it, and I fought him on it a little bit, and I, you know, we battled. It was, it's a stepping stone. It's a way into your field. Right. Because fun fact, and we before we got on, we were talking about like student loans and stuff like that. A for the and anybody who's either in college or going into college that listens to this one. Why two? um, make sure you ask the right questions when you Mm -hmm. go to get a college degree, because a criminal justice degree helps you get into the field of criminal justice in no way. Absolutely zero ways. None. And that was literally when I was thinking about when I was going to college. I was taking criminal justice classes and they were like the it was literally like a detective for Lancaster PD who ended up becoming chief uh, Jerry Gill yep. was one of my instructors uh 
And he was like, oh, what do you, what do you guys want to do? And I was like, ah, I'd like to be a cop. He goes, why the fuck are you in criminal justice classes then? He goes, go get a 60 credits in fucking anything else. He goes, go take 60 credits of basket weaving. It doesn't fucking matter. Well, and, and here's the thing. Like, not knowing that, like, I, you know, you're in high school. You're talking to people. Right. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want to be a cop. I want to be a cop. Oh, so you should go to college. You should go to college and get a criminal justice degree. Right. And then it was like. You know, it is. It's not going to directly help you get the job, but it may. If if they come down between you and another candidate, and everything is equal, you have the degree and he doesn't. It it gives you an edge. Nope. No, it doesn't. It's all based on political favor and how how high you score on a test. That's mm-hmm. it. And the political favor side of it matters a little bit more than the test score. Mm-hmm. So, uh, fun fact on that one. But here I am faced with this decision of a potential career move into the field I want to be in for close to double the pay. Right. And overtime and benefits, retirement, like healthcare, vision, whole nine yards. And like, eh, I don't want to, but I made the responsible choice. And I sat down, I legitimately broke down into tears talking to my old boss, telling him like I got offered the job and as I, I believe, and I quote, I do not want to do this. I do not want to take this job. This is not the career path I want to take. But I feel like it would be irresponsible for me not to because it will it gets me into the field that my degree is in and that I've kind of wanted to do since high school. Sure. And it sucked. And it, it was brutal. It was heartbreaking because I, I was coaching a, a travel team at the time. Like, it was February. So we were, like... Like, these kids were, um, like, a few weeks away from high school tryouts. And once they got done with high school ball, we were going to hit the ground running in in play. And I wasn't going to be able to really coach them anymore. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to be able to be around. I was was able to be around for some practices to help the guy who took me or who took took over for me kind of get a feel for things and get his feet wet, having never coached before. But I wasn't able to travel with the team. I made a couple games in the summer when I could around training and stuff. And, like, it Mm -hmm. sucked. It was brutal. And that led me down a 10-year road of hating my job, which mm-hmm. sucked too. Yeah. Tough decision. I can tell you that sometimes making the intelligent decision isn't always the intelligent move. Well, no, but sometimes, you know. And listen, that, and that's, sometimes you look at that and you're like, hmm, 35000 a year or 75000 a year. Hmm. Uh, I was nowhere near seventy five even when I left. Well, whatever. Like it was like fifty five when I started. Sure, I but think still. I think when I left, I, I think when when I left with all of my jobs combined, I was at like sixty eight. Right now, and, and that's that is one hundred percent on me because there were points that there were unlimited overtime, more overtime than I could ever ever want. Right, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't like being there. Right. And the longer I was there, the worse it got. So, yeah, I just and and I never wanted to be that dude that like I'm dependent on non guaranteed income. Like, there were right. plenty of people I worked with over the years. Some of them ended up retiring, others left for different reasons. Like, but there were people who lived a life based on working. They had like a minimum. I need to work X amount of overtime shifts per pay period. Yeah, and if I do more than that, cool. And there were two different stints where for two years or more, the one time, there was almost no overtime. Legitimate fist fights in the parking lot <laughs> because somebody pulled a, like a skeezy move and got hired for overtime out of turn. And they like people damn near threw hands in the parking lot over it. That's how hard up for cash these people were because they lived a lifestyle like they were making six figures like they had been for years. Right. And then all of a sudden they weren't. So that mortgage payment all of a sudden looks really, really daunting when your paycheck gets cut into a third. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that was, uh, I never wanted to be that guy. It also made the ability to leave very, very much more manageable in my end. Well, yeah. Especially when you fucking hated being there. Yeah. Yeah. What other tough decisions you got? This was your idea. Leaving, you can't tell me you leaving, came with one. Leaving the fucking ambulance really wasn't a tough. De- I mean, it was a, it was a tough decision, but it really wasn't like a hard decision to make because right. I was kind of in the same boat. Like I fucking hated it. Yeah, and it wasn't that I hated what I was doing. I fucking hated the companies that I worked for because the the, the fucking companies were like all they gave a shit about was their public image, right? And making 
them, even if it was a fucking non for profit, they were worried about how much money they were making. Um, it, it was just like they they just didn't pay me enough to deal with the bullshit of dealing with the company, like dealing with the company's bullshit. Like it, it could be like they, they they'd be like, you know, you follow shit to a T. But if someone made a fucking complaint, they'd be like, well, the, the, the person said that, you know, the grass is purple and you disagreed with them and told them, no, the grass is green. Well, yeah, because the fucking grass is green. Well, that's not the way we do business. Like, you need to, you know, go with what the what the, the, the client says and this, that, and the other. I'm like, listen, like, if you're going to fucking put me in trouble for doing my fucking job which is exactly what happened to my partner. My partner ended up getting run out of the company right? because we followed sound protocol and they fucking punished her for it, uh, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous. But um, So they, they kind of made it very much... I, I, I do sometimes miss what I was doing, like helping people like that, but for the amount of money that I was making... It was nowhere near enough. Like number one, like I was working twenty four hour shifts. Like yeah, fuck I was that. I was walking, I worked, dude. I worked sick I, in my entire career. I pulled one twenty four hour shift and maybe two or three twenty hour shifts. Mm-hmm. And most of the twice, I think there was one where it was like an emergency situation, like snow, whatever. And we had to stick around. Sure. The one was because of the snow. Like, I, I was lucky enough not to be there when the snow hit. That got stuck on a 40 to 50-hour day, like some of the guys that I know. Uh, shout out to every single one of you people that had to do that. Fuck that. You're fucking heroes. Uh, but I had to do it once for 24. And then, yeah. you know, the other ones were like, oh, I had to do a double and then go to training or go to training and then do a double. Like, tw- I couldn't imagine consistently doing 24. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it was nice. I only worked 10 days a month. Yeah. But... Like twenty four hour shift sucked, uh, but it, yeah, it you worked just... ten and then ten more. You were sleeping off the ten that you worked, and well, so now yeah. all of a sudden you only have ten days left to do your fucking life. It's right. no different than working a normal fucking shift. Well, the only difference was except some on, days you on, don't get on to the see fucking people. on the fucking ambulance. Like if we weren't on a call, we could sleep. Yeah, that's fair. So like there was definitely days that I fucking slept more at work. I got paid to sleep for sixteen hours at work. That totally never ever once in my life happened. I've yeah. never slept on the job. No. <laughs> um, but it's just like, you know, for for the amount of money and like, you know, we were walking into complete unknown situations. Right. And like in this day and age, like you never fucking know, especially like, you know, we're, 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 we're in a post like 9-11 world. You never know what the fuck you're walking into. Like 911 calls, they might come out as one thing and it's com- something completely different. Like you never knew, like... If you were going to go to the to the 911 call of, oh, you know, grandma's just not feeling well, and then you walk in the door and there's, you know, eight dudes with guns ready to jump you. Right. You, you never fucking knew. And, the, like... The only, like, plus side to that is you generally hope, for the most part, that those things don't often happen to fire and... Medical and they personnel. really don't often happen, but like you know, you get the situations where they do, like the the Webster shooting, uh, you know, quite a few years ago, where there was a fire and some dude started taking pot shots and killed like four or five firemen, right, out in Rochester. Yeah, just started like, again, shooting at the firemen trying to fight the fire. Again, it it does happen. It's just it's generally rarer, and it's usually it, because they're like right. Those volunteers, or though even if they're not volunteers, are seen as helpful. They're right. there to help you, regardless of what else is going on. Like where law enforcement doesn't get that luxury, because right. Let's be honest, there's some shitty people out there that wear. But it's match, like but. I've definitely like I've I've had like people that I work with like walk in and like have gun guns pulled on them and shit. Right, and it's like fifteen bucks an hour ain't fucking enough. Well and, and that's the thing is like you it, it's one of the most probably spot on things and we've had the discussion about, you know, minimum wage and everything else. And we're not gonna dive down that political road by any means, but it's one of the one of the things that like is the one of the biggest catalysts on that argument is like, you know, you have people who wanna get fifteen, twenty dollars an hour to cash somebody out at Wegmans or, or Walmart or Kroger's or wherever the hell you're from. 
um, you know, or to flip burgers or whatever it might be. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you want to get paid as much as this dude who, you know, is cleaning out a, you know, a bloody mess full of, you know, all kinds of other bodily fluids from his ambulance so he can be back online as soon as possible to answer the next call and do it again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it just, it's tough. You know, it is a grossly, and, and that's not a knock on anything. Like, that's really not even saying that, like, people don't deserve more money for menial things. It's more effective, like, you know, much like most most law enforcement positions, uh, or a good chunk of the, the lower level ones, I should say, uh, teachers, stuff like firefighters, grossly underpaid. Mm-hmm. Makes it probably easier to leave, though. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a hard decision. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't have to work 24-hour shifts. Like, I'm not, like, walking into unknowns. Like, right. I'm going to have a regular fucking sleep schedule. Oh, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. Yeah, My I entire do. adult life, I either worked 24s or, like, straight overnight shifts. Bro. Like, I've never had, like, a normal fucking sleep schedule until the last couple of years. And I'm three years off, three or four years off the ambulance, and I still don't have a regular fucking sleep schedule. It's still, like, foreign to me. I, uh, <laughs> we went to breakfast on Sunday at 8.30 in the morning mm-hmm. on a Sunday on my only day off because I woke up at 8. On my own, no alarm. Like, now, granted, I've been waking up early to lift in the mornings. I work 8 a.m. every yeah. day. So, like, it helps. And, like, my my internal clock has adjusted to the new work schedule, the new lifestyle. But it took a while. Like, even up until a few, like, eh, probably about a month, month and a half ago, I would be up till midnight, 1 o'clock, playing a video game, scrolling mm-hmm. TikTok, which is a ginormous waste of time. But, you know, we've all been there. And, like, it sucks you in, man. It does, but I've gotten to a point now where, like, I'll be, like, tired when I'm going to bed, but I actually fall asleep. Yeah. Like, I'll sit there, like, oh, I'll scroll TikTok for, you know, for a half hour or tops, and I, like, watch two TikToks, and then I fall asleep with a third one running, so, like, whoever that is just gets, like, nine million views just from me, like, throws my <laughs> algorithm all the way off. But, yeah, it's, it's just, it's funny, because, like, you're absolutely right. That, like, that decision to, like, get on a normal sleep schedule, sleep when it's dark outside. It's so nice. This is is. this is going to be my first full summer where I will be sleeping when it's dark. Yeah. And not in the warmest, hottest, and brightest parts of the day. Yeah. I'm excited. And you get to play the, you know, because sometimes, well, during the summer, like, it didn't really matter because it gets light out so early in the morning. But, like, at least in the winter, like, you, you had a chance that if you got out early enough, like, you might be able to get home and get to sleep before it fucking got light out. Yeah. But, like, yeah, now, now I don't have to worry matter. about it. I don't have to worry about it because it's going to be dark when I go to bed and it's going to be getting light as I'm waking up. But uh, the other big one um, on that is just the just how much different your body feels. Like, I don't wake up, like, swollen. I don't wake up feeling, like, groggy and I don't know where I am. I still forget shit. I'm just generally a forgetful person, mm-hmm. but... Um, that's not the topic. The topic is tough decisions. What other tough decisions you made? Probably ending my engagement is probably the biggest one I ever fucking did. So I, I, I had a, a ro- a romance story for my next one as well. So go ahead. Uh, I mean, there's really not much to it. Like I was fucking engaged when I was 21 in the military because that's what all young, dumb fucking military dudes do is Fair. we tend to get married and uh well because you don't you don't fucking know like yeah. you're you want you want to know that there's someone back home waiting right. for you you know you right and uh you know generally speaking they're not probably waiting n- no she was not um come to find out like and this wasn't really i mean it was a tough decision because like i was in love and stuff like that. i was engaged yeah uh you know but come to find out like through a cousin like she was pretty much cheating on me and like lying to me most of the time, if not the entire time I was fucking gone. So literally as soon as I got home, like, right. That was it. Like, I was like, I just ended things and like, it fucked me up for a while. Well, and that's one of those things too, that like, it doesn't matter how you, how you cut that. Like, right. That's just one of those things that, you know, I mean, you were gone. You like, 
you you didn't really have the option but to be faithful. Right. And like she couldn't match that energy for you. Like you're off doing what you're doing in the military and you know, she's doing yeah. whatever back home because you're just not here like that. That's right. Sucks. And but like, like it doesn't fact, it doesn't make it that, any like, easier. I found out about it from a cousin that like I don't even talk to. Right. Like it was like the cousin that like I would see it like, you know, family reunion. Like maybe one one weekend out of the year I would see this cousin. Maybe, maybe occasionally, you know, another time or two throughout the year, but not someone like not a very close cousin. Right. All of a sudden he's calling me. I'm like, I don't even have his phone number in my phone. Yeah. Listen to the voicemail. He's like, hey, it's, you know, your cousin so-and-so, like, give me a call. And he's like, hey, what's your what's your girl doing? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just talked to her, I don't know, like an hour or two ago. Says he's doing X, Y, Z. She's like, oh, okay. Uh, let me FaceTime you real quick. And there she is, like, in the bed of a pickup truck, like, hanging all over some other dude and all this other shit. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, that's like, fun. Yep, that's definitely her. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the heads up. And then it was about six months later that I ended up getting out of the military and coming right. home and ending it. But it doesn't like, like and, and none of that makes it easy. No, like it, it may even make it harder because I, and now, let me let me put my uh, let me put my hat on here of you know asking questions and at, at any point did you sit there and say like, well, this is my fault because I'm not there. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. absolutely. It's hard not to. It is hard not to make that, like, to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But no, we, uh, mine, you know, I to, to my to my knowledge, I was like she she didn't cheat on me, but I was with a girl uh, shortly after I started my job at day camp. I met a coworker. We hit it off. We got along really well. We had very similar senses of humor, and just got along. One thing led to another, and we ended up in a relationship. And despite the fact that, like, it didn't start fantastic, like, it was good for a little bit. And this was tough because this was, like, this was the, like, the, like, the, not, maybe not the first time, but it was definitely, like, the biggest at that point in my life. Sure. That I had, like, dove into a relationship. Like, I was going to give that... 110% of everything that I had, you know, like that, that was going to be hell or high water. I am making this work. And, you know, through almost three years, like less than six months in, we moved in together. Mm -hmm. Like I moved into, like she was living in technically an apartment above her, like in her mom's house above her mom. So there's like an upper lower type situation. So I moved in with her in the upper and was like helping fix up the house would help take care of the yard like still had to pay rent type mm-hmm. thing like and just never really questioned much i still played baseball i still coached um but outside of that i didn't do a whole i didn't do much i didn't see my friends a whole lot like had got into arguments with friends of mine you know that, that they were like you know we never see you anymore like you know we miss fun job you know we miss fun nightmare like you know the guy who'd be out like want to go out and hang out and do stuff and party and I was like, the the thing you guys don't understand is the other side of that was, you know, yeah, when I was up to go drink and hang out and party on a Tuesday, it's because I didn't have anything else to do. Right. But that doesn't change when you guys had things to do with your significant others. Like, people who were married, people who were in long-term relationships, like, oh, come on, dude, come out with us, come out with us. Like, you know, we we miss when you were around. You're like, you were always down to hang out. Like, because I didn't have anything else to do. I didn't have anyone to hang out with. I, like, I, like, my I life. I you guys. Like, my life was getting... Like, going out and getting drunk with you fools. Yeah. And now I'm not able to do that because I want to hang out with my significant other. Right. And, like, that was a problem. Like, there, there's the other dark side of that coin. And I didn't want to go back. Like, I didn't did not want to go back to the other side of it, you know? And it was... Things were rocky. And the last summer we were together, um, like, there was a... Like, she had, she had looked at me at one point and was like... Hey, um, you know, I really want to talk to you about like, you know, your health and your weight. You know, I don't want to. She basically said, and I quote, I don't want to date a 400 pound guy. I can't get my arms around, which is like harsh, but okay, fair. Sure. So at the time, uh, one of my best friends was working for a meal prep company. Talked to him about it, got on the plan, everything else, and started 
losing weight, started going to the gym five, six days a week and lost weight like you wouldn't believe, got in better shape, was feeling good, like everything else. And then all of a sudden, like, (laughs) I started getting questioned on, like, what I was doing in the mornings. Right. Because, like, and and this is, like, a big boy problem, right? So when you first start losing weight, like, you drop big pounds quick because you have big pounds to lose. And I did. I was at, like, 360 at the time. And in a month, I was down to, like, 330. Mm. 30 pounds in a month. Like, holy shit, right? You put that in, like, in a percentage-wise, it's not as big as you think. Right. But I digress. Like, I got down to, like, around 300. And my gym sessions would go a little bit longer. So instead of it being 45 to an hour, it would be an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. And I'll sort of get the, are you even going to the gym? <laughs> yes. Why? Well, you know, because you're spending, like, longer and longer. They're, like, hour, hour and a half. And, like, I'm just not seeing, like, the changes. Like, you drop so much weight so quick. And, like, now you're going longer, but I'm not really seeing much of a difference. And I'm oh, like. Oh, God. I'm like, because that's not how it works. Like, like, there's there's ebbs and flows. There's yeah, plateaus. Like, there, yeah, there's... You, you plateau. Sometimes I go. Like, what do you think I'm doing? And she, like, legitimately thought somewhere in her head that I was cheating on her. Yeah. And I'm like. You're waking up at 5 in the morning dude, to go like, get a piece of ass somewhere here's, else. Here's the thing. So I would wake up, and it would never be at 5 a.m. That was never, to this right. day, like, I work at 8 a.m. I still don't wake up at 5 to work out. I right. wake up at 6. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on. But, like, I would wake up and rock between a scoop or three of pre-workout. The old school OG C4 Blue yeah. Raz. And, like, the one day we started talking, like, I, I mixed it up, I shake it up, she woke up, and we started talking, and I was drinking it. Usually, I would start drinking it as I went downstairs in my Jeep. It was back when I had my Jeep. I missed my Jeep. I love my Jeep. Um, and, like, I <laughs> would drink it on the ride, because I would drive into Lancaster to go to the gym over here that I liked to go to. We started talking about something, and I was drinking my pre-workout while we were talking. By the end of the conversation, I had finished my my two to three scoop pre-workout and was like swaying back and forth and like looking around. Like I looked probably what you would assume a crackhead looks like. Just jittery kind of all over. And she's like, you need to leave because like I can't tolerate this right now. And I looked at her. I was like, "Like, you see me drinking pre-workout when I leave the house. You know what that shit does to me. You know how like spazzy I get. Right. But yes, I wake up at seven in the morning, rock myself with some pre-workout, and then like and dress in like ratty, like stained gym clothes. Yeah. Like cut off t-shirts and old gym shorts for a booty call. Yeah. Like I go, you don't even want to be around me when I'm like that. Why would anyone else? <laughs> like, you know, you know who I see in the mornings? Like I go, I work out with my buddy Austin. Like every yeah. now and again he'll work out with me in the mornings. I don't know what you want to tell me. Like but the, like, so this is where it started to go, right? And a lot of it had to do with insecurities. So like, yeah. my weight was going down, her weight was going up. Like, I'm eating uh, like tilapia and rice, and she's eating pizza. Yeah, like just it was tough, and it, and like then that stuff wears on you. This whole thing ends up blowing up, and like we had an argument that was started over the dumbest thing on the planet, and it was like a, a Facebook post from 2007. <laughs> and there's more details to that that. It's one of the biggest coincidences of my life, but it's also one of the reasons that, I, like, every now and again, I start to think that, like, maybe there's some outside mystical forces at work. Right. Like, this this very well may have been the dude get out from the universe, but it started a fight that started at 4 p.m. and ended at 9.30 when I packed a bag and left to go stay sleep on my buddy's couch for the night. Yeah. I didn't come back for two weeks because, like, I, I take that back. I stopped back at one point. Uh, about a week later, because she's like, you need to get your shit. Like, if you're not going to be here, you need, you need to get your shit and get out. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go bring some bags with me. But like, we're going to end up sitting down and talking. We're going to fix this. It's going to be fine. And then I show up, and there's my, like a pile of my shit in the middle of our kitchen. Already packed, bagged, like clothes, in hangers, in garbage bags, like with the hangers poking out the top. Like, <laughs> like she took the time. And I'm like, she had time that day. I'm like, oh, all right, bet. I guess we're not going to talk. So I just started grabbing shit and putting it in my cheap. And like the, I was like, all right, well, like 
I have some shit I got to do, so I got to take my computer with me. So, like, I'm going to grab that, and I'm going to go. And she's like, of course, you have to take your fucking computer with you. Like, like, was I supposed to leave my computer that you don't use for you? Well, no, but it's just it's just funny that that's the important thing. And I'm like, I need it. Like, I have, like, I have, like, fantasy stuff coming up. All of it is on that. Like, I can't access it because I don't know my passwords. Like, you just packed up all my fucking clothes, but you're going to be pissed that I'm taking well, that, that, my dude, computer? So that was that was the best part is she, like, questioned me on that. She's like, I thought we would, like, talk, but you just walked in and started loading stuff. And I'm like, I thought we would talk, like, as I was packing or, like, before I packed. But when I showed up and my shit was packed, yeah. that was pretty much a, like, welcome to Walmart, get your shit and get out. Yeah. Like, so I got my shit and now I'm getting out. And about a week after that, like, and we had conversations and, like, truth be told, there were a couple times that things probably could have gotten fixed and, like, I fucked up somehow. Like, inadvertently, but in hindsight, like, you know, you're a dumbass. At the same token, thank you, universe, because it worked out for the best. Yeah. And at the end of it, like, she's like, we need to talk, like, right now. Like, t- like if we don't talk by the end of today about, the like, our relationship and what's going on, then, like, you have a, like... Like you need to get the rest of your shit out of my house by Sunday night, or it's going on the curb Monday morning for gar- for garbage. I'm like, one, I've been paying rent there, so like you're not legally able to do that. But okay, like listen, you know my phone doesn't work. Like the speaker on my phone did not work, so I couldn't like talk on my phone. I could only text on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me see if I can borrow my mom's phone. We can talk because she's like, you can come over, we can go somewhere, or you can call me. I'm like, I know how you get. I'm not meeting you at the house, and I'm not meeting you in public. Like, we can talk on the phone, so, we'd, like, we're both in a private setting, and we can talk. And at the end of this two-hour conversation, she looked at me, and she's like, okay, so what's it going to take for you to come home? And I was, it, it was tough. It was not easy. But I looked at her, I was like, um, you know, you need to support me in the weight loss thing. Like, we, we've had this conversation about X, Y, and Z, and how it's affecting you. And, like, I told you how it affects me. Like, if you don't like how you feel, that's not my fault. I'm not the one feeding you pizza. I'm not the one getting, you know, getting you McDonald's mm-hmm. at four in the morning every night when you're up playing online poker or whatever the fuck you're doing. Like, do it with me. Come to the gym with me. Like, you listen, if you don't trust me that I'm going to the gym, come with me. Like, I'll show right. you exactly what's going on. It'll, it, like, it's no big thing. You can come with me. You'll feel better. Trust me. Like, at, like we, we were together for three baseball seasons. She came to exactly zero games. Mm-hmm. Like, how about you support me in what I do? Like, I want we, like I want a championship with the team I coach. I came home. You're like, hey, how'd you guys do? I was like, hey, we won. I'm like really pumped. Like, kind of want to celebrate and have a drink. She's like, well, can you cut the grass? Like, not even a congratulations. Like, did you win? Yeah, cool. Get like get to work. Like, yeah. Come to one of my games. I don't even care if you watch. Sit there with a bottle of wine and read a book. Like, I don't right. care. But like, half my team doesn't think you exist because they've never seen you. <laughs> like, this is a problem in my world. So like. We had all these things, and I was like, you know, and she's like, okay, so, like, if I, like, kind of, sort of, maybe, like, kind of, like, tell you I'm going to, like, kind of try to fix those things, will you come home? And I was like, no. I I need more than maybe sort of, kind of. Maybe I'll try. Like, pretend to try. And she lost her fucking mind on me. And like it was one of the like one of the toughest things because like I did I gave one hundred percent of myself probably more to that relationship for three years everything I had like like not intentionally not like was never given the ultimatum of like stop hanging out with your friends or stop being friends with people like whatever but like strained friendships estranged mm-hmm. friendships stuff like gave it absolutely everything and then like. Yeah, usually you hear the story about it, like the guy that does that who then gets dumped. And I wasn't that guy. Like I had to be the one that like I poured everything I have. I have nothing left to pour. I need to walk away. Right. It was dude, it was legitimately one of the toughest things I ever did. Yeah, but look where you're at now. Yeah. So much better off. So much better off. And like you're getting fucking married in less than a year, man. No shit. No shit. Nightmare and co. <laughs> You'll laugh about that at another point. Don't worry. I'm going to remind you of this episode. But so, yeah, like it, it was, though. But like in, in the moment, like legitimately one of the toughest things I've ever. Oh, done. yeah. Like one of the toughest decisions I ever made. Like when I when we made when when I made that phone call that Friday about like 
if you if we don't talk, we're done. I would like I had like already packed a couple bags and was like, I'm going home tonight. Like cause that, and that was my thought is like where we were living at the time. That was my home. Mm-hmm. I was going home. I wasn't staying at mom and dad's anymore. I'm going home tonight to be with my girlfriend. And then she starts acting fucking a fool. Yep. Fucking blew her fucking stack. And here we are. I fucking had the same goddamn thing happen, man. Like, I had a fucking ex who uh, also thought I was cheating on her because I was playing video games with, like, a, a girl that I used to work with. And she's like, like, I think you're cheating on me with her. And, like, we were living all the way up in fucking Newfane at the time. This chick lived all the way down in fucking Angola. I'm like... You think I'm driving two hours one way to, like, <laughs> when the fuck do you think I'm doing this? Because, like, I'm either with you or at home or I'm with you at work. Like, there's right. almost no time that we're not together. And, like, even if we aren't together, like, you are texting me the entire fucking time. I mean, like, Angola's like 30 to 40 minutes from here. Angola's an out like an hour like this this chick lived all the way like out past like Mickey Rats. Okay, so like not like so the Angola the Eden Angola exit is yeah, like thirty no, to thir- thirty to forty. Yeah, minutes she from, was another twenty minutes past fucking Eden Angola exit. Right, so you're Eden Angola exit at the thirty minute mark, thirty five minute mark, and yeah. then like into Angola and through Angola. Yeah, yeah. And then, and I, mean, I was living all the way up in Newfane, which is another thirty minutes the other way. Uh, forty five. Yeah. I'm like, you think Listen. I'm driving fucking four hours round trip to get a piece of ass when I fucking live with you? <laughs> like, that, uh, that... I'm just like, if I want a piece be... of ass, I can just fucking roll over and have it. Like, and that, like, that's the dumb thing about, like, that in particular. To drive that long. Right. That's what I'm like, saying. For a like, pe- for, like, that better be, like, the Golden Goose, Willy Wonka, that fizzy, better be, like, bubbly Kate drink. Beckinsale or something like that. Like, oh, man. Like, like that, that, that to me is as ridiculous as waking up at 7 in the morning, like, pretending like I'm going go to, to the, the gym. gym. Pre-workout and gym yeah. clothes included. Not even, like, I'm, like, wearing normal clothes. Right. Like, I'm showering normal clothes and, like, taking stuff with me in a bag. Like, no, I'm wearing, like, rat-ass gym shit. Right. Which, by the way, Alley Cat loves my gym attire, so. Whatever. You win some, you lose. You win some, you win some. I won both. Yeah. Happy not the Father's Day, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's not today, I don't think. But uh, if my laptop had internet access, I would look up when not the Father's Day is. However, I digress. Um, What else you got? What other tough decisions? That's really about it. You know, I mean, really, I mean, joining the military was a tough decision. Yeah. Just because the fact of you're joining the fucking military. Yeah, you kind of know what you're signing up for. Yeah, that's just a tough decision in and of itself. Um, But I really wouldn't put that up there as like a significantly tough decision. It was more, I knew I wanted to do it. It was more a tough decision watching like my parents like cry right. that I fucking because like we we're in the middle of two goddamn wars when I fucking joined. Yeah, that was a uh, a very dicey conversation in the in the nightmare household. Um, there was a point where an argument led to the phrase "then I'll fucking join the military" came out of my mouth, and that did not go over well. That was not that was not a plan that my uh, my family wanted for me. So I understand that completely. No, yeah. I remember when I got home though, like. When I pulled in the driveway, like, my dad grabbed me and hugged me and started crying. He goes, you ever fucking do something stupid like that again? I'll fucking kill you myself. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm not signing back up for the fucking military. Like, that was a mistake. Uh, I, uh, I, ad- I I fucked up and I admit that. <laughs> I'll own that one. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat this one. Like, that was a fucking dumb decision because I did not have a good time. <laughs> and a good time was had by none. I didn't um, even get to do anything fun. <laughs> like, not that I would have counted, like, going overseas, like, to an active war zone fun, but, like, I got stuck in fucking Oklahoma. Like, I would have, if I'm going to be in the middle of fucking nowhere miserable, I'd rather be in fucking the middle of nowhere Afghanistan fucking miserable. Why? Money, hazard pay, fair. Dude, dude would go over there 
And because you're not spending any fucking money while you're over there, right. you're just bankrolling the whole fucking time. With the amount of fucking hazard pay and shit like that, dudes would come home with fucking six figures sitting in their bank account after a fucking 12-month deployment. You know, if they came home, but sure. Well, if they came home, yeah. It, it, like, if but, they came home, if they came home in one piece, both physically and mentally and emotionally. But it's like, you yeah, know. There, there's trade-offs there. But, like, <laughs> I mean, coming home to six figures in your bank account when you're fucking 21 years old, that would have been fucking pretty nice. Yeah, not too bad. Not not to the same uh, not to the same level, but my my choice of like where to go to college was kind of like my original destination of college was definitely in in that realm. Um, I was going through the football recruiting process, and i I knew I knew a few things. I didn't want to be local, and I wanted a college experience. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want it to be high school two point right? Because my thought was if so I, Brockport's if, gone. Well, Brockport was far enough that I would have had to stay on campus. Right. Like, and But Brockport is basically high school 2.0. No, it's not. Like, you know I went to Buff State, right? Well, yeah, that's true. Like, Buff State would have been living at home, mm-hmm. so commuting, and then, like, not living in dorms, not having the college experience, like, right. where Brockport would have been all of those. Like, close enough to come home on weekends if I wanted to or needed to, stuff like that, but, like, nothing overly crazy where, like... You know, if I needed to come home, I had to, like, book flights and everything else. Right. Like, but I also, like, had to stay because there was no driving to campus from home. Like, right. You know, the the 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it is, especially in the winter for lifts and camp and everything else. Like, yeah. And, you know, I really, I actually really wanted to go to Brockport. Like, my, my it boiled down to my last two. Like, I had, we had sent, um, you know, video to multiple other schools. Like I had looks from Ithaca. I had looks from a few others, and like uh, private schools were kind of tough because I didn't have the grades to get scholarships. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be all out of pocket type thing. And so state schools was where it was at. Boiled down like to to Bro- or to to Buff State and Brockport because those are the two visits that I that like my family felt went the best. At the end of Brockport, they basically looked at me and said, or they looked at all of the entire room and said, "Listen." Uh, you don't win football games by starting and playing freshmen unless they're elite. So if you want to join a, a good football program that's going to win football games, develop you into the player we need you to be, and you know be along for a great ride, come here. If not, we're not the school for you. Buff State said, we want to win. We want to win now, which means that the most talented players are going to be on the field despite their age, which was a bold-place lie. Mm-hmm. And... That was really the only thing that I liked about Buff State over Brockport. Everything else, I was leaning Brockport hard. And my parents really were pushing the Buff State thing. They were worried about me. They thought I, you know, they, they thought my sister would be the one to like go off to school and I would be the one to stay local. And they couldn't have been more wrong. Like my sister wanted to live at home, went to Canisius, mm-hmm. got her master's. I was like, send me to Albuquerque to play for D3 University of Who Gives a Shit. Right. Let's go. I want to go. I want to go play college. Like, let's go do college things. And I ended up, I ended up like being talked into Buff State. Um, I do regret it to some extent, not nearly to the extent that I had in the past, but I did regret it. And, you know, I, I would love to have seen like what my football, like what my college football career could have been had I went to Brockport. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I know that some guys I've talked to, the the experience there was completely different. Went to Buff State, and it very much felt like a bunch of dudes who were like, "Oh yeah, I was a I was a Hornet. Now I play for the Bengals." And they'd rather like if their friend played the same position as you, they'd rather take your knee out so their buddy had a better shot to play than put a better a good team on the field. Mm-hmm. But uh, I ended up going to Fredonia after two years, and I loved it there. It was the, what I wanted from Brockport. I just wasn't playing sports. Right. Part of that was a back injury, but that's another another topic for another time um yeah but that was a tough decision like i i <laughs> high school girlfriend at the time and then she almost got my mom to let me go to brockport or like to push me to go to brockport <laughs> because she looked at my parents the one day and like they're like oh so like what do you think about Derek? kind of want to go to brockport and she was like i don't really love the idea of him like not being here like i want him to be around and everything else and they're like yeah we kind of want him to be around too like we're a little worried about him going to college and She's like, well, if you want him to stay, I can get him to stay. 
And my mom, in that instant, almost went, he's going to Brockport. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out, mom and dad, not a fan of the redhead, so... (laughs) But yeah, that was uh, that was a fun one, and uh, you know, I I met some some good people, like guys that'll be at my wedding at right. Buff State, and like you know, guys that I've had a lot of fun with over the years and stuff. So <clears throat> that's been a lot of fun. But yeah, um, definitely a tough call at the time, especially like a high school kid making that decision. And like, you don't know, you don't know nothing. You don't, you don't know, know shit. You don't know school. shit about fuck my man. Which is uh, this is this this kind of brings us back to like me going into electrical. Because there's such a shortage of electricians, it's because for so many fucking years, like the past like 20, 30 years, high schools have been like a echo chamber of fucking, if you don't go to college and get a degree, you're never going to make anything of yourself and this, right. that, and the other. And it's like, you know what? That's not the case anymore. Because now, now the fact that once everybody has a degree, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Because now the jobs that that degree that you they ain't worth the fucking paper that it's printed on. Yeah. Not, like nine times out of ten, that degree is fucking worthless. There are very there are there are a a, a large number of degrees, not a large number, but there are a number of degrees that are absolutely worth what you go to school for. They're very specific. Yeah, you want to go to like college for nursing, doctor, lawyer, stuff like that. Like absolutely en- engineers, comp sci, like right, like to become a programmer, like stuff like that. Absolutely, you know the like. But again, like we we talked about it today. Like you know, people go in for you know, and this is going to sound like a fucking stupid talking point, but it's the only thing that's coming to mind right now. Like gender studies or yeah. interpretive dance. I'm going to major in interpretive dance. Like cool, and here's how I like my coffee. And and that's the thing is like, there are like the 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 realm of higher education sold a lie for so long that like there are so many degree programs out there that really aren't worth a hill of shit. No. Like criminal justice is worthless, and like unless you're using it as a prerequisite instead of doing pre law, right? Like you know, or or you want to go into some like research type role. That's like, you know, but they will, but they will as, tell you. And and anytime you look at like a criminal justice like course, they have pictures of cops and shit. Mm-hmm. So like, oh well, yeah, I'm gonna get a degree and I'm gonna be a cop. Yeah, like yeah. And every single person that I know, like that has gone, and myself included, that's gone into like the law enforcement realm, because like I will tell everybody that will listen that's like, oh, I want to go into law enforcement, so I'm gonna get a criminal justice degree. But like, don't fucking don't do it. Do it. Like, if, even if you want to go into law enforcement, that's fine. But have your degree be a backup plan. Right. Like, get a, you know, get accounting a, degree. Accounting, some, some business-related degree. Something that you can fall back on or maybe even, like, fall forward into a career. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things I hate, like, my sister has gotten, I, I say she's gotten lucky. She She's worked her ass off for most of it. Like, she went to Kenesha's for accounting. She got a five-year master's in accounting and got a job out of college for the state attorney general's office, yeah. like making great money. And then from there, she's worked her way into an investigator's role. So like, I, I am irritated about it that she ended up with like a job that I would have liked to have had. Mm-hmm. And now like can't work in the Buffalo office cause she does. But like, it's just one of those things where it's like, that was a degree that met like, you're always going to need accountants. They're yeah. always going to be need, need people who crunch numbers and understand tax code. Yeah. Like you're, we're always going to need computer programmers. We're always going to need lawyers, doctors, nurses. Like we're, you know, you know what we don't really need degrees for gen ed. Yeah. Like, and, and listen, education degrees are one fantastic and needed, but also, um, at some point we need to have a conversation that, you know, people teaching people in school should spend some time outside of school. Yeah. Like I, I have a, I have a, a very, a very hard theory that people who go from, elementary school to middle school to high school to college to getting a teaching degree and teaching in one of those other institutions outside of college or even in college have very little to no grasp of the real world because they've never spent any time in it. No. And my best teachers in college were all people who lived in the real world or they were professors because professors were taught how to teach where Mm -hmm. people were like, I hated, I hated learning from doctors. Like when you, like the same class taught by two people and one's Professor Smith and the other one's Dr. Williams, I'm going to Professor Smith because he's been taught how to teach. The other one is just an expert in the field. Yeah. And that doesn't mean he knows how to teach a goddamn thing. (laughs) Like, but 
that's again another side tangent of my opinion of the educational system in this country. Well, it's but. like you know, I I tell like the young like the high school kids these days, like especially when I know the juniors and seniors, like you know, what are you doing next year? Where are you going to school? What, what's your plan? And if they tell me like they don't know, I'm like, listen, man, like for what it's worth, this is the advice that I wish I was given when I was your age. And I tell I tell them, I'm like, go into the fucking trades. Yeah. I'm like, you're not gonna you're gonna pay ten grand, you know, five to ten grand to go to fucking trade school. And then by the time your peers are graduating college, two hundred thousand dollars in debt of student loans, you're making almost six figures a year. Well, and there's like just look around the country. There are every year more and more, especially like smaller private institutions closing mm-hmm. because enrollment is down because the tuition just keeps going up for things yeah. that are like for 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 degrees that are meaning less and less. Like we like I, I and, th- and this will be where we wrap it. But I mean, I just saw a meme the other day that was like, you know, this is a like this is why people like th- like th- this is why the workforce is down and stuff like that. It's like. Uh, entry level position, starting salary, like it was just above minimum wage, and then it said uh, experience, fi- like master's degree and five years of experience. And yeah. like, they want to pay nothing for you who, for someone who paid two hundred grand for a master's to make just above minimum wage, right? Like you want basically expert schooling with experience. For not, like for minimum pay. One of my favorite things in that realm that I've ever seen was someone on Reddit was posting that they were applying for a job, and it said like you had to be uh, fluent in whatever this coding language was. Right? right. You had to have five plus years of uh, experience with this coding language. Well, the guy only had three years of experience. So like, well, sorry, like you don't have the five plus years experience. And he's like, how can I have five plus years experience? I'm literally the guy who invented this coding language three fucking years ago. Right. I, I did see that. I also like the idea that all employers should be forced to post their salary range on mm-hmm. any job posting. Like you shouldn't be able to post a job without a sal- without a, right. like a salary range. Um, and that should be able to be audited by like a government agency to make sure that it's actually accurate and true. Uh, I also like the fact that um, if a job asks you for like – like three references, mm-hmm. you should also in turn be able to ask for three references of ha- like I want to hear. I want to hear from three happy employees. Yeah, like I want to, I want to, like I want references of why I should want to work for you aside from a paycheck. Right. You know, because like I mean, I literally just sat here in the start of this when we were talking about jobs and bashed my former job because yeah. it sucked. It was yeah. awful. It was a terrible place to work. Like, and they don't care. They legitimately do not care because the job needs to be done and they know that they pay well enough that they're going to get people to do it. Right. The problem is that is changing very quickly with this new generation. Yeah. Like fucking these 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 kids, they are not to be fucked with because they right. will fucking would they, rather there ain't, there ain't no such thing as fucking two weeks notice anymore. Especially in a job that like two weeks notice is a courtesy and a job that you're going to help like fill a role until your replacement can be found and or like possibly even trained by you like those jobs. They're not going to replace you half the time, like probably not. And that like I gave like a a four days notice, maybe. Right. Like I'm going to work the end of the the end of these shifts. And really what it was is burning my sick time. Right. Like Uh, and honestly, like I like my job now, like if and when. You know, I finish all my electrical stuff and I get a job doing that and I'm leaving the barbering world. I'm going to give my boss at least like I'm going to give him a month's notice to finish out like a month worth of my clients. Right. And just not book anything else. And, and just not book anything and, past And in that. turn, like give him time to fill your like to fill your spot. Right. You know, which is just the courteous thing to do. Because but. not only like I don't want to like leave him high and dry, but like, I don't want to fuck my clients. Like, right. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, like I'm I'm done. Like I got a new job. See ya. Yeah. And then like have all my clients like oh fuck you yeah i know you had an appointment tomorrow but guess what <laughs> yeah and that's <clears throat> again different realm yeah but it's also i mean this new co- this new upcoming generation and i 100% not to be trifled with but like i am also on 100% on board with this like oh, so am i i would rather make less money and be happy than be rich and miserable mm-hmm. like and after 10 years of struggling yeah, I would rather wake up in the morning and be like, 
I really like, like even now I wake up and I'm like it's Groundhog's Day in corporate America. But at the same token, I'm like, I'm not miserable about going to work. Like, right. I, it's a necessary evil in my life right now. You're you're miserable about having to wake up, but not necessarily like that's the thing. Like, like I'm I like I'm not miserable. Like I hate waking up. I, I don't but, like, I don't want to go to work. About like, go, but nobody wants wanna, to go to work. Right. Unless unless I find a way to like do what I love full time. Like nobody loves waking up. And going to work, unless you love your job. I don't love my job. My job is a necessary evil in my life. I'm yeah. okay with it. Like, but I don't wake up and go. Like, I mean, there there was a point in my in my former career. If I had to work Thursday night, Monday night, I was in a shitty mood and was having chest like tightness in my chest, being like pissed off. And I literally just got out of work like Sunday at three. Yeah. So I had from Sunday at three to like Monday night at seven, where I was like, huh. And then Monday night at 7, all of Tuesday and all of Wednesday into my shift that started Wednesday night into Thursday, I was a miserable prick. Yeah. I would much rather make less money and be happy and not have to deal with that. And this entire generation coming up and that's entering the workforce right now was born and bred with that ingrained in their fucking minds. But, well, that's going to wrap it up here for Common Debauchery. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be back next week with more debaucherous content. And with that being said, actually, I think we did something for this, didn't we? I think so. Okay. And with all that being said, I am the Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this has been Common Common Debauchery. Debauchery.